Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious. And in family-sized cartons, I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream. And their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious. Or their organ strawberry. Oh, I love it. Sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe organ strawberry pieces. So, so good. Plus, you got to check out their mudside flavor. It's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips. Oh, it's so good. I gotta go get some ice cream right now. Plus, you know you're in good hands with Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer owned and led by dairy experts. Boy, oh boy. I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. Couples costumes, Donald Glover and BMW flat tires. We're going to break it all down this week. So everyone, places, it's time for Last Looks. Hello, my dump jumpers, sexy dads, and sluts for wontons. I'm your host, Paul Shear, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? Last Looks. Boy, oh boy, we got a big show in store for you. You are going to get to voice your issues about Wish Upon, and there are many. Plus, Jason and I are going to chat about all the stuff that we are currently into, and we are going to reveal next week's movie, which, for the first time ever, was chosen by fans on our Discord. That's right, you picked the movie. And what is it going to be? Well, you're going to find out in just a little bit. And as always, I'll answer some calls on Paul's helpline. But first things first, a big shout out to Andy Jacob. Andy, that theme song, you killed it. You absolutely destroyed. Thank you so much. I love that so, so much. And we love all the songs that people are sending in. So if you have a song for Last Looks, send them to how did this get made at earwolf.com, but keep them short. 15 to 20 seconds is best, you know, but look, if it's a killer 30 second one, I'm not going to be mad. It just has to be that much better to be that much longer. Anyway, a bit of housekeeping. How did this get made is going on tour. It's a Halloween tour from October 27th to October 30th. Tickets are still available for Indianapolis, Detroit, Cleveland, and Chicago. We'd love to see you there, and we want you to come in costume. Most of these shows are at 7 o'clock at night. You'll be out and on the town by 9.30, which means you can go party and come see us. The best of both worlds. Plus, if you come dressed in costume, there will be prizes. Not great prizes, but prizes. Uh, anyway, get your tickets and find out all the movies that we are doing by heading to our website at hdtgm.com right now. It's going to be fun. Detroit, trust me, it's going to be great. Okay, let's get into it. I know we talk a lot about movies, but there are bigger things out there in the world. You got problems. Let me solve them. It is now time for the Paul Helpline. 
Bam! Thank you, Sean Fogel. Here we go. Let's get into it. I love it. The calls are coming in. We're back on the helpline. What do we got? Anne, hit me up. Hi, Paul. My name is Anne, and my husband, Jason, not Manzoukas, does not like dressing up in a costume. I heard you say that you could give couples um, costume ideas, though, and I knew I needed to call in. I am short and round, so I can't always just buy stuff off the shelf. Any great couples costumes that wouldn't make him feel like he's dressing up? Thanks for your help. I love the show. Anne, I didn't think anyone was going to take me up on this offer, but I am so glad that you did. I am here for all of your Halloween costume consultations. I, I swear. Great question. Here's what I'll say off the top of my head. You can do so many simple costumes. What if you go as Flo from Progressive, just wear like white pants and a white shirt, and he goes as Jake from State Farm, just red shirt, tan pants. I mean, is it the most amazing one? No, but people will think it's clever. I think that would actually work, right? You could also do some other like very simple ones. You can do um, Space Jam, right? You just get like two Toon Squad jerseys, and you get some basketball shorts. You know, again, we're not talking about crazy ideas here. You, One of you could be, um, what's that dude? The Matthew Lillard character from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> shaggy. That's what they call him. Well, uh, one could be Shaggy, and the other one could be any of the other girls on that show. Uh, you know, Velma, just get a red dress and you're set to go, right? You could also do something very simple like, um, hmm, uh, just wear like a black and white shirt and black pants and you, you're robbers. I'm coming up with a lot. Jim and Pam from The Office. That's an easy one. Just slacks and a shirt and maybe like make a, a name tag that says Dunder Mifflin, even though technically they didn't wear name tags on the show. I mean, one of you could dress up as, uh, oh, men in black. Great costume, right? Easy. Black suits, white shirts, black tie. Tons of attitude. Uh, let's see. What else? What else could there what else could there be? I mean, right now, I feel like I gave you some really solid ones. And, uh, you know, like, here's a dumb one, but maybe it will work. Just go, like, theme it up. American Gothic, Farmer, Lumberjack, and Lumberjack Partner, uh, Girl Scouts, Girl Scout, Boy Scout. Uh, you know, they're easy. Where's Waldo? You could both uh, just wear that striped shirt, some jeans some glasses. Again, these are solid ideas. I feel good about them. I feel like any one of them would be perfect and it wouldn't feel like you're actually dressing up, which is the whole point. But you did and they're clever. So it all worked. Now, because we've gotten only a handful of like real help me problems on the helpline, I sent out a call last week. I said, give me your hot takes, your hot takes about Halloween movies. And you did not disappoint. Let's go first to Larry from West Palm Beach. Hey, Paul. Um, we're talking about overrated Halloween movies. I got to say the original Halloween by John Carpenter. This is Larry from West Palm Beach, by the way. But um, yeah, that movie's not scary. And when people talk about what they love about it, they really just describe the mythology of really a regular serial killer who's just a guy. He's not creative. He's not fantastic. That movie was the movie my dad made me watch along with Hunt for Red October and Rima Williams' The Adventure Begins. I just feel like it's like troublesome. People like it for other reasons. There's weird wish fulfillment. And the new movies are sort of showcasing weird suburban fantasies. Um, nobody who I know that loves that movie also loves crazier horror movies usually with the exception of, like, Matt Gourley. Yeah, so, original Halloween, not scary, not entertaining, uh, kind of troublesome. Bye. Whoa! Bam! Larry, hot take. Well, look, I just talked about Halloween uh, for a long time on Unspooled, but I don't disagree with you. The original Halloween is a straight-up stalker movie. It then bred this idea of rules for horror, but to your point... I think the movie is scarier than you might remember it, but I also don't think of it as a horror movie. I think of it more as like a truly like a true crime story, if that makes sense. I mean, there's no horror elements 
in it besides just being chased by a person. But that person has no powers or abilities that are unlike anyone else, except, you know, lifting up that grave. Now, I'll tell you this. You can talk all you want about Halloween, but you cannot talk shit on Remo Williams. I'm sure that movie did not age well, but Fred Ward was awesome in it. I think Joel Gray is definitely doing a very problematic uh, performance. So I may have to take that back. But I will say I loved Remo Williams when I was a kid. And I cannot believe that as a, a child, you wouldn't love Remo Williams. Remo Williams is like the cool James Bond. They have a fight on the uh, Statue of Liberty at the end, I believe. Oh, man. The adventure began and ended with that movie. But that was a tough title. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. And then there was no sequels. Uh, so sorry. Uh, but I don't disagree with you. And we talk a lot about Halloween and the effects of Halloween. But I do have an appreciation for Halloween uh, more for what it did. But also, I lament how it wrecked the horror business in a way because it was so good. Anyway, uh, Sam from Chicago, what do you got? Hey, boss. Thought you were asking for movie hot takes. Uh, this is Sam from Chicago. Uh, mine is, honestly, and I'll die by this, I enjoyed the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. It is, I know, super fundamentally flawed. Everything about it is kind of a mess. However, Russell Crowe as uh, as Dr. Heckle, Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I mean, I, I was about it. I could have done the Dark Universe, so I don't know. I could have done more of uh, Tom Cruise's Mummy. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Sam, please do not die by this. It's not worth it. It's not worth dying for Tom Cruise's mummy. But I get what you're saying. Look, Tom Cruise is in a weird moment where he made a couple of films that just didn't fit exactly right. But they had these glimmers of like great Tom Cruise goodness. And the mummy does not work, but it's also watchable. And I think that. We're used to a higher standard with Tom Cruise films, but you're right. Russell Crowe is great. There's a great scene in like an airplane that I remember being good. You know, mummies are tricky. I think mummies in general are tricky. Uh, but anyway, I would have liked to have seen the Dark Universe, uh, a version of that. I, I think we could have we could we could have given it another shot. We should have given it another shot. God damn it, <sighs> Trump wasn't in office. We could have done it, people. But you know what? Where were you on voting day? Because Trump was all about killing the dark universe. We all knew it. We all knew it from the minute he came down from Trump Tower that day. He's like, I will kill the dark universe if you elect me. I mean, it was a terrible day. Uh, anyway, we are always looking for more Paul's helpline voicemails. So if you need some advice or a second opinion, or maybe you have another movie hot take, we'd love to hear it. But Again, I am here for you. If your neighbor makes a strange, loud noise or your coworker chats your ear off so you can't get to work, give me a call, 619-PAULASK. That's 619-728-5275. Now, people, what do I want to plug? Well, very simple. You can watch Jason on Paper Girls. They didn't pick it up for a second season, but the first season's really fun. You can watch me on Star Trek Lower Decks and the Paramount Plus show, The Good Fight with Christine Baranski. It's a spinoff of The Good Wife. It was super fun. I play a lawyer who represents a fetus. And you know what? Andre Brower is on this season, making an already amazing cast even better. Uh, I am on... Uh, Gosh, I don't even know what the episode is, but uh, it's the one where Carrie Preston returns. If you're familiar with The Good Wife, Carrie Preston is an amazing actress and her character is just awesome. I got to do scenes with her and Andre Brower and Christine Bransky. It was a dream come true and super intimidating and nerve wracking. Anyway, uh, we'll be right back with your questions, comments, and concerns about Wish Upon after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by... Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, plus 
with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, you choose your tone, and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you travel, do concerns back home nag at you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? Well, if they do, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. That's right. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever you go, Simply Safe wants to be there with you by actually not going there at all, but staying at your house. Listen, Newsweek ranked it the best customer service in home security. Plus, it gives you whole home protection sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. Plus, a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, no contracts, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to tell you this. It's worth it for the peace of mind to know that when I'm on tour, when I'm out there in the UK, I can check in on my house. And with the time difference between LA and Europe, I loved having the 24-7 professional monitoring service in case something happened when I was asleep or, or not reachable. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash bonkers. That's simplysafe.com slash bonkers. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Last week, we talked at length about Wish Upon. We had questions. We might have even missed a few things. I mean, I don't know how it's possible, but it might have happened. And here is your chance to set us straight. Fact check us, if you will. It is now time for corrections and omissions. You got corrections, maybe some omissions. We got some problems, and this is where we fix them. We didn't fuck up, maybe you fucked up. Corrections and omissions. Thank you, Young William. Love Young William. Thank you. Love that song. All right, let's go to the Discord. The Discord is where we have all of our current conversations. Just go to discord.gg slash hdtgm. All right, Dr. Guts writes, So, when Claire wishes for things to go back to the way they were on the day she got the box, she isn't just losing her mom, but those two siblings that she suddenly gained when she brought her mom back to life, right? I mean, losing them... Never really seems to be considered by Claire. She doesn't spend much time with them, but it still seems cold. Oh, come on, Dr. Guts. At this point, those kids were like, it was like visiting your your best friend's kids. It's like, okay, they're cute, but they're not mine. I don't give a shit. She didn't care. She barely saw them. Eh, it's like a day. It's like you met somebody for a day. You don't have to, you're not going to be that upset about it. So I, I, I cut Joey King some slack on that. Uh, Thelonious writes, I laughed when you said the director added the flat tire scene just to make time for the elevator crash scene. I watched this movie with my husband, who is kind of a car nerd. And he said, there is no way the writer or director knows this car. That is because the BMW vehicle he's driving comes standard with run flat tires, which allows you to drive on a flat top for up to 50 miles. So the dad would never have to pull over. Well, Thelonious, my God. Come on. That's that's your concern about that scene? <laughs> the, the flat tire technology? But you know what, Thelonious? Your husband is a smart person. Kudos to your husband. Keelan from Alberta writes, after Joey King wishes her dad wouldn't embarrass her so much, Ryan Phillippe's beard starts to appear and disappear from scene to scene. In one scene, he's totally hot sauce. Next scene, he's a dump jumper. And then back to hot sauce again. Well, uh, look... I can't explain it. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't know. Maybe he's shaving less or more or inconsistently and that makes him hot. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes having a little stubble makes you hot. I, again, I don't know. I think he's still a dump jumper, but then he breaks in with his music career and then he gets in that terrible 
car accident. Almost car accident. Cameron H. Oh, here he is. Cameron H. writes, this might be one of those things that is just not in my experience. But I feel like the easiest way for Claire to not be embarrassed by her dump jumping father is just to not draw attention to it. So like, you know, if you really have a problem with your father's dumpster diving and you're worried that people might make fun of you for it, maybe don't walk over to him in the front of the whole school and have a huge fight about it. Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I agree with you. I think the simpler answer, Cameron, is uh, just tell your dad, hey, don't pick up trash in front of my school when the first bell is ringing. That's the easiest answer. You don't have to do anything more than that. Hey, dad, don't do that. It seems like he's actively embarrassing her. Like he like of all the places in town, he's got to get to that dumpster at that time. Come on now. But anyway, uh, you know, our producer Scott thinks that Cameron, maybe you should start your own helpline, you know, specifically for children of dump jumpers. You could learn, they could teach, and you could advise. Anyway, uh, another omission, but this one's coming from another producer. This is our producer, Molly, uh, from our Love on a Leash episode. Stephen Kramer Glickman, a.k.a. the voice of Alvin Fang, uh, revealed that the only payment he received for his work on the movie, Love on a Leash, was two cantaloupes and a bag of wontons. So perhaps being a slut for wontons isn't so far-fetched after all. Boom! Molly spikes the ball. Set me up. I don't even know where we're going until I read that. Way to go, Molly. Let's go to the phones. Mike from L.A. with an omission. Hey there, amigos. This is Mike in L.A. Love the Wish Upon show. One thing, though, I think was a missed opportunity when they made the movie. Seven. It's seven wishes. Why not make the box seven-sided? Instead, they made it eight-sided. Now, I know the octagon is a shape used in Chinese things, like I think it's called the bagua with the yin-yang symbol in the middle. But hear me out. Eight is considered a good number, like for prosperity, whereas seven, I googled and one site mentions the word for seven in China, sounds like the word for to deceive. So you tell me, what works better? Thanks and stay cool. Thank you, Mike. I will stay cool. Best sign-off I've heard so far. Yes, I love your... uh, your theory here, I'm all for a heptagon, but I actually love that you did the research and found out. And when you look at a heptagon, by the way, it looks cool, but I love that you did the research that had actually proved your point. Way to go, Mike from L.A. L.A. bring in the heat. Uh, you know where the Dodgers failed? You stepped up. Jorge got a lot of questions. Here we go. Hello, Paul. Uh, this is uh, Jorge. I was one of the unfortunate uh, listeners who watched Wish Upon, and I have a few questions which you are in no way obligated to answer. First off, if the mother in the film had made several wishes on that box enough to know that it was a demon box, why did the dad not recognize it when he pulled it out of the trash? And second, why, why was Joey King a full-on serial killer? Because she knew when... Uh, the boyfriend whose name I cannot remember said, there's a blood price. She knew that people were being killed. So why does she not stop wishing? Does she not care about these lives anymore? Is the box affecting her in some way? Why was that not shown? But also third and final, and this does not matter at all, there are actually seniors who do uh, love the multiverse. I know a few of them, and they're fun to talk to. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, Jorge. Let's break this down. First of all, I'm going to say that uh, why is Joey King a serial killer? Well, I think it goes hand in hand with the my precious, my precious. Yes, the golem element of the box. The the box makes you crazy. It makes you feel like you're on drugs. It's it, it is a perfect distillation of just only wanting that pleasure for yourself and no one else. So I, I buy that. On yes, it's out of character, but she is she's really losing herself and. I, all right. Teens love the multiverse. I'm not a teen. I love the multiverse, too. Are we going to get Doctor Doom in uh, Armor Wars like I read on some Marvel site the other day? I could ask my friend Yasser who's writing it, but I won't because I don't want to be spoiled. I do want Doctor Doom. Who should play him? I don't know. That's a big question that I have with my friends. Uh, I'm sure it will be a good choice, but I really want... Uh, I think there could be a really cool choice for Doctor Doom. I want it to be an older actor. Uh, anyway... Uh, but we're using up all of our old actors. We're using up all of our great ones. Anyway, we'll get into all that. Um, okay, 
But to answer your first question, why did the dad not recognize the box? Let's go back to the Discord. LD has a theory. LD, and I hope it's Larry David, writes, Perhaps I was giving the movie too much credit, but I thought that the mom's seventh wish was the same as Joey King's, to have everything back to the way it was before she received the box. That's why there wasn't any evidence of the previous wishes to improve her circumstances. It was also then to foreshadow that it was impossible to beat the box, and Joey King was still doomed to die. LD, you totally... You know, that was uh, an LD going for a TFW. Uh, great. I like that theory. Um, could it have used a little bit of underlining in the film? Yes, absolutely. But anyway, uh, let's move over to another Discord post from Anacula. My take on the mom. Why would Claire be killed by an accident after her seventh wish when the mom's suicide is intentional and premeditated enough for her to send the daughter down the street so she wouldn't see it happen? Assuming the mom, like Claire, couldn't read the more obscure Chinese characters and didn't know about the seventh wish kills the wisher rule, I think she made a few wishes, realized the consequences of the corrupting nature of the box, and then got rid of it and ended her own life either out of grief or guilt, or she wouldn't be tempted to make more wishes so that she could potentially kill her husband or child. That said, the movie gives us so little to work with uh, that so many interpretations are possible. And you know what? Anacula, I love that because that actually shows that the mom has a soul, right? Uh, Because it's like, oh, she realizes that she can't have control over herself. She will fall victim to the box again. And I like that she committed suicide. It wasn't probably seven wishes because, well... I was going to say, at least one point, Joey Beck, remember that time we won a million dollars? Dad's like, yeah, but then we lost it three days later. Uh, yeah, because I, I I like that. Let's go back and remake that in Acula. Great way to go. Let's check in with Jammer Lee. I keep on thinking about what June said about the box not playing music when Claire got hit by the truck. I always thought it was the box's curse claiming her, but now I'm second guessing it. Perhaps the box knew it didn't need to do anything. When we first see Claire riding her bike by her uncle's house, she starts to circle back into the street without checking for traffic, which is when the bullies almost hit her. This girl does not know how to look both ways before crossing the road. So I think I'll take that scene as foreshadowing and that she was just destined to be run over. Box or no. Jammer Lee, I love that. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> and um and you know what what i what i like about that is the box isn't just going to kill you outright the box may pick a moment but you are going to die but the box does know everything again the box has a lot of credit in this universe uh producer scott chimes in and he has a plausible theory that he found on reddit about the incorrect imdb trivia saying that danny glover was initially offered the role of claire um Perhaps whoever wrote the trivia mixed up Danny Glover with Donald Glover. Whoa, that makes sense. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Okay, you know what? That really good job, Reddit. I don't even know who came up with that on Reddit. Oh, no, it was Lupulin13. You know what? We've never given a correction and omission winner to someone outside of the Discord. But this week is when we're going to do it. So you don't get anything, Loophole in 13, but you do get this amazing song from John Wenzel. Hit it! You win. You win. Nothing at all. But you're still cool. All right. That was perfect. Thank you, Reddit. If you want to chime in with your own thoughts about the latest episode, hit up the Discord at discord.gg slash HDTGM or call us at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. Coming up, Jason and I chat about all the things that you should be watching. I mean, we go deep. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, there are things that we need to get off our chest. Maybe someone in your life, a loved one, is driving you crazy, but they don't mean to be driving you crazy. And you want to vent and you want to get it out, but you just don't want to drop it on them because you're not really mad at them. Maybe you're mad at yourself. Because we all have these things that set off our stressors, right? We keep them bottled up and they start to affect us. And we start to then affect other people because our energy is off. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, you get matched, and then guess what? If you don't like your therapist, you can switch to another licensed therapist at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bonkers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bonkers. 
Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. I was traveling with my kids. We stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack. And my kids said, Mom said we can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me. But I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I don't ever like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry, and they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. Hey, everybody, you might be noticing we are doing a new thing with How Did This Get Made's back catalog every week. We are re-releasing an old episode. Uh, last week's episode that we re-released was Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Uh, great, fun, live episode. And we are going to continue our horror month, our Howl Did This Get Made month, with Vampire Academy featuring uh, Aisling B and Michael Showalter. So make sure that you are checking out the old episodes that are freshly put in our stream every Monday. You can watch my YouTube video series on them. Just go to my YouTube page. I'm just, you know, YouTube slash Paul Shear. Uh, if you want to access our entire archive of How This Get Made episodes, uh, commercial free, just sign up for Stitcher Premium. Use code BONKERS and get a free one month trial. New episodes, old episodes, it's all there. Okay, we spent a lot of time hearing from you, but now it is time for you to hear from us it is now time for our Jason and Paul Core Chat. Francis Day, hit the theme. Core Chat, it's the meeting of minds. Core Chat, for these miserable times. Core Chat, it's just Jason and Paul. Core Chat, they're gonna tell you it all. TV, comics, sports, film, mental health, and probably Avatar. A myriad of stuff, but you know they're gonna probably talk about Star Wars. It's fun to know they are. For chat, it's a hell of a time. For chat, better than breakdancing mimes. Call John Shear and Jason Mantukas, but I'll chat now. Jason, what is going on? Hey, how you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, here we the are. Last, we are back again. We got to come up with a better name for Quarchat because. Sure. It's not necessarily Quarchat anymore. It's just. Uh, it's, it's just, just a chat. chat. How about it's just chat? chat. Just chat. I like it. Just chat. <laughs> just chat. No um, quar. All chat. No quar. You know what I realized? What's that? Was the last time I saw you, mm-hmm. I had to run out because uh, we did our live show at Largo. Oh yeah. And I had to book it across town to get to Man's Chinese Theater where they were screening RRR on IMAX. Incredible. And but that dire- must have been incredible. It was hands down one of the most amazing screenings I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) Like, and I say this, now if you don't know what RRR is, it's a movie that kind of has taken, uh, like, I feel like it's a word of mouth movie. It's a cult movie. Like there aren't cult movies anymore, but I feel like this movie well, it's definitely has done that, it, right? Oh, for sure. I definitely think it is one of the, like, I feel like it's going to make a lot of year end lists. It's going to be on a lot of like, no, wait, the, the slept on movie of the year is this movie, you know, RRR, yes. which, which came out well, on Netflix, which is internationally an enormous hit uh, is my understanding. It's the one of the biggest hits, if not the biggest hit in India's history. And as a matter of fact, it is going full on for Oscars. Like good, it is good driving towards Oscars. I mean, part of the reason why they did this screening 
was because it was announcing itself as we're coming. And uh, India did not submit it as their film Whoa, for the Oscars. Really? Yes. So that's a little bit of oh, the like the drama. What but I this would movie, love is yeah. this is one of those examples where I feel like the movie is dealt a disservice by being a Netflix streaming only uh, yes. option because it is so cinematic and so based. It is it is over three hours of relentless, incredible spectacle. It is it, you cannot. There are when, so when I get excited and I'm watching stuff. I will take either pictures of the screen or little videos of the these 15 seconds that I just found perfect or incredible and I'll forward them to people or I'll be I'll just keep them in my phone or whatever. I have so many RRR little videos, little 5 seconds because the movie was constantly blowing my mind. I was so excited for you to see it that I didn't even talk about it on a quar chat, which is now just chat because I wanted you to experience it the way that I did, which was Okay, I hear good things about this movie. Yeah. I hear it's crazy. I hear it's intense. And the three and a half hour length, I was like, oh boy, when am I going to be in the mood to do that? It, it, it seems like a big time commitment. And I was like, let me just watch like the first 15 minutes. I didn't shut it off. Oh, yeah. When I watched it straight and now through that you're saying it, it, I would kill to watch it on an IMAX screen or even just on a big theatrical screen. Like I mean, Jason, it, it is was, huge. It's huge. Um, the uh, the director. It was his first time seeing the film in IMAX in the states. Oh, cool! Uh, he had only seen two American screenings, one in New York, and this is the first one he had seen in LA. And I hosted like a Q and A after the film. But I got to watch the last hour in that theater. And first of all, I watch it on Netflix. And I know a lot of people have issues about the the ratio uh, and the dubbing because it's not. Uh -huh. it, the dubbing that they do on Netflix is not the way that you should probably see it. And I got to say, they are 100% right. Oh, really? This movie. Oh, my God. It, I, I was already blown away by it. But the the theater audience never quieted down yeah. it was oh, yeah. just it was like it was like waves it's a roar the die movie down, is, roar die down roar the movie is enormous in terms of what it's depicting on on screen it yes. is like avengers endgame level yes like, like i want to be clear with people because people might think like oh they're talking about some you know small foreign movie that i've never heard of or blah 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 you might be picturing some small movie or something this movie is like it's like someone was like hey you want to watch avengers endgame except it's even like twice as insane in terms of what they're depicting on screen it's nuts level it, stuff it, it it is one of the best action films that has musical numbers in it oh yeah it's about friendship yep. it there is a romance I, I would argue the romance is really between the two men the two, in this yeah, movie they, absolutely. Who, yeah you know, yes and it is, look, what you said, spectacle. I, I learned a couple of things that if you have not seen the film, this will not wreck anything. But the director, uh, he was in an Indian film uh, think tank where they just came up wow. with ideas for action scenes. Oh, oh so just scenes. they would just scenes. Like, and then people would come in. And take them, I imagine. It would right. be like, okay, we have this. You know, a motorcycle jumps over this I see. and that. And so wow. he had so done that for... I wonder how much... I wonder how much those people buy those scenes for. I wonder how much those writers get paid to come up with just sellable, like, set pieces is basically I have what you're a feeling. Huh. I have a feeling that you're working for a studio, yeah, right? Like, sure, so you are like, oh, we're making this. We need, like, a bunch of set pieces and the director comes in and, wow. and talks to them. Well, that's like so, how John Peters was constantly trying to get that mechanical spider into something and finally got I mean, it right, into yeah, Wild, yeah, Wild West. Yeah, 100%. Uh, as Kevin it's Smith told idea. us on this show, yeah. The But the idea that this guy had been coming up with action scenes and then he saw them in film and was like, well, this sucks. I would have done this way better. Yeah. That's what made him want to become I a director. It. Yeah. Well, that's a and, little bit like um, Chad Stahelski and David Leach. who yes. made uh, John Wick, uh, the original John Wick. My understanding is a lot of those pieces and set pieces are things they had pitched for other movies that they were stunt coordinators on that people didn't use. So, but they still liked the ideas and still wanted to use them. So a lot of that got reworked into John Wick stuff. I mean, it's amazing. And then the other thing that I learned was he 
works with a concept artist. Oh, so cool. they will sit yep. down and be like, what is huh. something that is truly beautiful to look at? Like, what do we want to see? And if that image is, I want to see a man throwing a tiger at another man. Yeah. They go, okay, let's work backwards. Yeah. How, and how can we make that work? Yes. Yeah, so it that's why the movie is so visually beautiful because yeah. it is all coming from let's heighten it and then go back and then reverse to engineer it. it to make sense. Yeah. And, that, and, oh. and, and that, now that you say that, that makes sense because the movie goes to the movie is constantly surprising and and yes. a, a little bit like if you're listening to us rave about it, you it, it maybe temper your expectations or I don't know. Like part of why I think I truly freaked out was because. You had mentioned it kind of in passing. Yeah. I'd seen a couple of mentions of it on different like film blogs and so forth. But no, I hadn't read any. I didn't know much of anything other than it was a very long kind of spectacle filled movie. And I went in and just had a blast. Right. Yes. So, and it's a fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yes. Oh, it's so, so fun. It's like it's the kind of movie that I would be so excited to rewatch it's the kind of movie that like if it, if I turned on the TV and it was on I would watch it from then till the end it is like very rewatchable very it's very fun like popcorn kind of blockbuster and it's right there on Netflix and I'll tell you a couple other things these are just side notes but all interesting I think especially because you and I like the same stuff movie took 328 days to shoot oh wow um, that's, they I shot mean, it. just to be clear with people, that is an incredibly long time. That's James Cameron. Yes, that uh, is that there are only very few people make movies that take that long to shoot. You know, yeah, that that is. Yeah. And uh, and I think actually even longer because the way he described it was they would shoot a sequence, then they would wrap. And then they would move on to the next sequence and then shoot it. Like, so there would be days oh. off in between. And were they, so it wasn't I'm like, curious, were they, were, did they have a set script or were they kind of, was it like Macquarie and uh, Mission Impossible where they have a loose idea and then they kind of are getting further and further as they're shooting into deciding what they're doing? The way he spoke about it was that they had these chapters. So I have a feeling that there was some fluidity in the chapters. Yeah. But he said that, you know, he writes it with his dad. This man writes it with his dad. His dad is an Indian parliament. His dad's written hundreds of movies. Oh, wow. And he, and he said that the reason why he thinks his action works, and because the action is spectacular, yeah. we talked about a couple of those reasons. He said because his dad always makes sure there is an emotional heartbeat in every scene. And when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Every action scene in this movie is coming from a purely emotional yes. place. It, like, which there's I like, think, there is like the movie is as much as we're describing it as this big, huge action movie with all these set pieces and comparing it to things that we love, like, you know, the Marvel movies or the Fast and Furious movies, or it has yeah. all of that in it, but it is predicated almost entirely on melodrama, on like very emotional storytelling and emotional yes. story beats. And that's what makes it. And I, I, I think that what I really loved about it and why I hope that there's more and I hope that there's more things like this is that it's not predicated on pre-existing IP. Like I'm discovering right. these characters and this world and everything inside of it brand new. I don't have to have watched six movies prior. I don't have to have read well, the comics or know the 10 things you know, from the, the other thing. thing. Like watching it in a theater. And I, the way I found out about this movie was my friends were seeing it in L.A., and the screening scene wild, it gives you the same feeling of Avengers Endgame, which you've just given 10 years yeah. of your life to, you know, in oh, yeah. film watching and that you're like, oh, my gosh, it's all paying off. And, or like going to see a new Star Wars movie. It, it, it's giving you all of that, but self-contained yeah, self from beginning to and, end. And completely satisfying. You know what I mean? Like yes. really genuinely like it's not too much story. It's not too much. It's it's no. really just I, I loved it. I love it. And there's another uh, one of his films on Netflix called uh, Bahu Bali. And there's two of those. And that one's really good, too. It's different. Uh, but again, visually, really exciting and fun. Oh, that's he cool. also Have you made, watched that one? I haven't. I didn't even know yes, there was another I one. I did. Oh, nice. and, there's, and then he also in. I think 2012 or 2015 made the fly like a, uh, an Indian version of the fly. <laughs> cool. Great. Love and it's it. like, 
That one is insane because it's about like a nerdy guy who gets killed by a gangster and comes back as a fly and then oh. is destined to kill the gangster. Cool. Like, okay, so a it's great, a very different version of the fly. Yeah. Ooh, I it's love a, that. A, a, yeah. So a very like fun. He's a very interesting director. Anyway, uh, he says his next film is going to be a globe trotting adventure. But I do think this has a chance to get nominated. I think it has a chance to get nominated for best song and best picture. I, I, I think it should. You know, I really do feel like and, and I a lot of the movies we're talking about, I love. You know, yeah. all the stuff we that we love, all the, you know, and I, I'm not trying to say like, oh, no, all these big IP things, I don't care for them. When I as I'm looking at my list of things for us to discuss and it's like and or Rings of Power, House yeah. of the Dragon, like I'm a, I love all of the big kind of tentpole IP driven content. I love a lot of it. But, but it's just fun to see when, something where yes. you just walk in. When you discover like, something yeah. that is truly unique and new and a new voice and a new style and new characters, that feels like discovery. It doesn't feel like what I what I love about Andor is it's not the same as what I loved about RRR. RRR was like exciting yes. discovery. I was like jumping off the sofa screaming, you know? Well, it was so funny because... Um, June has started to watch uh, WandaVision. Oh, nice. And, and uh, you know, and I was trying to explain it to her. And I was like, okay, how do I, how do I even bring her into this? Yeah. And it requires a lot of stop down. That, and that like, show especially yeah. is very difficult to parse if you are yes. going in cold. And I was, I, I think I did it well, but it is, it's, I think that sometimes people find just an obstacle of, oh, there's too many seasons. There's too much there. I mean, for okay. me, it's the reason why I've never watched Doctor Who, even though I think I would love Doctor Who. Well, I'll tell you what. I just started Doctor Who. Just like just mere weeks ago. I'm, now, I'm almost the, done with season one. With, not season one. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm star- I, with the season that I started first, which is the Christopher Eccleston season, which is my understanding is like the beginning of the modern era of Doctor Who. Okay, is that the one that starts? Because someone once told me, if you want to watch Doctor Who, you have to watch the one where there are like mannequins that come to life or there's some sort of a a mall. Devin, I know, may be our expert yeah, on this. Uh, th- is that a part yeah, of that that's, season? Yeah, it is. That's the first episode, okay. really, yep. is the, okay. the autons, the shop, yes. shop window dummies okay. coming to life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then they say, if you like that, you're gonna you're gonna like the show, the, and I did, yeah. and then but it seemed it seemed daunting. It seemed oh, like oh, it there's is, so much. It is daunting, and that's like that's the reality. But I'm treating it like, and maybe I I, I maybe people are gonna be angry. I'm treating it like it's the perfect afternoon watch. It's the perfect like I'm winding down the night. I've watched House of Dragon. I've whatever I'm watching, right. and I'm gonna have a Doctor Who as like a while I'm you know winding down the night because they're very fun. They're self contained. Right. Almost always self-contained, you know, and they're great little sci-fi stories. Each one feels like its own self-contained sci-fi story, and they're fantastic. Um, now you have to see which doctor you're going to like. There's exactly. a lot of, you know, and, Karen and Gillan, everybody uh, who's told, on a TSF. Yes, exactly. Uh, one of the Doctor Who, uh, uh, now I forget what they're called, but they are the uh, guys. Companions. Companions. Companions, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, you're watching... Uh, you know, I'm watching this one season that is I'm still in se- this one season that is, I think, 2005. Devin, is that right? right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 2005. And what's interesting and what I what I'm only certain is going to become much more prevalent as I go is all of the ancillary one off characters per episode are like British actors of note, you know, of note later. You know, here's like someone's right. here's someone's small job uh, on an episode of Doctor Who, someone who later becomes like iconic. And you're like, oh, wow, look at this. You know, it's very cool. I love that. I, I And maybe I should get into it. it it's so hard. The beauty of it is you don't you, if you take three weeks off in between two episodes, you're not right. lost. See, that is good. That's why I really like Discovery too. the Star Trek shows. Like I could binge like three in a row, then drop it and then come back. Yeah. And I was like, OK, this is great. But uh, anything that you've been uh, you've been excited about besides yeah, Doctor Who? I've, yeah, uh, I've watched a couple things that I really have been enjoying. Um, uh, I'll shout out a couple of like uh, stand up specials that I've loved, including mm-hmm. our good friend Nick Kroll's special Little Big oh, Boy. Oh, yes. I wanted to talk about that. It was so great. And he's so been good working on that. What's so interesting about that? if people have watched it or have not watched it yet, uh, is 
You know, that was going to be a different special. Yes. Pre-pandemic. Yes. He, uh, was, he was getting ready. He was touring yeah. that material uh, or he was touring some of that material and then right. some other material and was set to record it in, I think, in D.C. right in right yeah. before right in 2020. And uh, then and had to cancel. And then uh, during the pandemic, uh, got married, had a kid, like did did yeah. the whole thing. And uh, and it it's so interesting because it really is a. I think like such an interesting like time capsule of a, of a period of life. Like you really got sure. to see like it really, it almost like he created a, 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 a really great autobiography in that special. Just oh, it's so over the course of just, it really is. It's, and it's such an interesting depiction of this time of his life, but then also it's, I mean, just if you are somebody who's been following him, it's so interesting to watch hit that actor, that material evolve and grow right. into what it is now. It's really, it's a great special. Kate Berlant has a great special called Cinnamon in the Wind that I which believe is not her Broadway show, which people are going crazy no, for right no. now. No, this is this was filmed, I think, in maybe this was filmed prior to the pandemic. This was yes, this uh, was Bo when Burnham FX shot it and uh, it's on Hulu. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. FX was about to FX a handful of times have really like saw the future and then pulled away from it. They yeah. had like this whole network where they could basically fill it with whatever they wanted. They had these specials and they never launched them. They like, were sitting on a shelf. There's hers and I forget the other one, but they're two very good um, specials, right? It's it's, a, are you thinking of Byron uh, yeah. Byron Bowers? Is it Byron? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think there was a, those might have been the I two. I think that's that because that also just came out on Hulu. Yeah, and and that, I watched yes. that as well. It's also on my list and is fantastic. Yeah. Um, really funny. Super Like both of them. Uh, incredibly funny, incredibly smart. Uh, really, I loved both of those specials. Um, and Nick's as well, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. So uh, lots of good comedy specials. Um, I was going to shout out, uh, there's a great British sitcom uh, on HBO called Bloods that is about like... Um, uh, uh, ambulance drivers. Um, that's about, you know, oh, param- wow. paramedics. Uh, Samson Ko, who's on Our Flag Means Death and a bunch of other stuff. Jane Harricks, uh, is who's like you'll recognize from a million British things. Uh, it's it follows them, but then all the supporting players are people you've seen in Ghosts and Stathlet's Flats, and it's super funny. And it's just you know, oh, um, what's his name from Mighty Boosh? Not Noel, but um, uh, uh, yes, uh, um, I, Julian uh, Barrett. Ju- Julian, Julian Barrett. Barrett. Thank you so love. much. Who is so funny on this show? Julian Barrett and I are. Uh, we were working on a show at one point together and he was on NTSF and he's one of the best. I'm just a fan of everything he does. And we were, we were both taking an online class and we oh, did wow. not know that we were both in that online class, but you could, they had like names. How weird. Like in it, and we both discovered each other in that class. We're like, Oh my gosh, are you on this? It was oh, like very really funny, funny. Like, yeah, that we both happened to be in the same, like very that. small online uh, class. And then and now, well, uh, now, yeah, we're, now we're both massage uh, therapists. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how I want my massage therapist to train online. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, like, uh, you know, they just give us like some, um, they call it like a, it's a weird putty, but it's big. It's like almost the size of a torso. And you just, it's like, you a, kinda... it's like a, it's like a CPR doll, but it's like made yeah. of putty. But it like, yeah, you really push it in and you send every time you do a massage, you send it back and they look at where the, <laughs> the, the prints are. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, you know, I'll say uh, just for the sake of British shows, uh, Blood's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the But I'll say uh, I've also been rewatching and it's all on uh, YouTube. Uh, there's a fantastic 12 minute episode show called Posh Nosh. Uh, that's a Richard oh, wow. E. Grant show from I'm going to say 20 something years ago. That is just, it looks like episodes of the Barefoot Contessa or something like that. It looks like a cooking show between uh-huh. a husband and wife in their British countryside home. But it's really, it's it looks like a cooking show, but is also just like comedy sketches, you know, comedy okay. bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny and then just like so digestible because they, like I said, they're like 15 minutes long each. Great. Oh my gosh. Super I'm very great. excited about that. I gotta um, watch it. This is good. What else? It- oh, the uh, I, I fucking loved confess fletch oh i have been dying to watch it and i just waited a little bit and the, i thought june would want to watch it with me she so you know she will because it's a murder mystery yeah okay that's good she so will because it's, dying, a, it's, a, it's a procedural murder mystery done incredibly well it feels like an old episode of columbo or you know any of those kind of like uh, um more movie length 
you know, uh, yeah, Rock, yeah, yeah. Rockford Files type of shows uh, or type of movies. And it's great. Uh, don't Ooh. think of it as like a sequel or anything that's even related to the Chevy Chase movies. Just think of it as well, a great problem, private detective right? yeah. story. It's just yes. good detective stories. And that's a blast. And, um, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, oh no, uh, you finish. I didn't want to cut you off. Oh, no, I was just going to shout out. Uh, I'm, I just started The Serpent Queen uh, on, I think it's on oh, Stars, yeah. and it's a okay. blast. Samantha Morton, incredible performance. And the documentary uh, about John McEnroe that's just called McEnroe is oh, fucking yeah. That's rad. great. By the way, and I, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but I never had watched Seven Days in Hell. I've been oh, playing yeah. a lot of tennis lately, and that was really funny so and funny. great. Such so a very short, fun mockumentary about like the longest tennis match. It's Andy Samberg, uh, and it's uh, oh my gosh, I'm Jake his name Samansky directed J- it. Yes, uh, Kit Harrington is in. Kit it. Harrington, yes, and then like <laughs> Fred Armisen. A, yeah, it, <clears throat> basically Andy, the Lonely Island guys, and Jake Samansky set out to do a series of thirty for thirty, like style fake documentaries, and they did that one, and then they did one that's about like the Tour de France. Oh, is, right. Yeah. That is also super funny that has John Cena in it and a bunch of other people. And they are they're great. Just parody documentaries that are done incredibly well and so funny. Uh, but the right. McEnroe documentary is fantastic. Uh, the Resort on Peacock. I want to oh, keep yeah. shouting out Peacock shows because from Killing It to We Are Lady Parts to uh, to this, The Resort, which is Ben Sinclair and Andy uh, Sierra, who who did um Palm Springs, the Andy Samberg, Kristen Milioti movie, did a fantastic, again, another true crime-esque, you know, people solve a murder type of story. William Jackson Harper, Kristen Milioti again, great cast, Nick Offerman, super fun show, really worth watching. The Resort on Peacock. There's good stuff on Peacock. No, there. I look. I I now subscribe to Peacock based on a lot of these conversations we've and had. And just so we get more of it, everybody, please go to. I think it's on HBO Max now and watch every single episode of One Hundred and One Places to Party Before You Die. Oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah. our friends John Gabris and Adam Pally doing a travel log show, a la Anthony so Bourdain funny. or one of those things. But it's just them doing bits while out in the world and it's a blast and they capture their voice really really well it's like yeah. i feel like whoever made that show i mean obviously them but they allowed them to be them yes. like and i think that that's a very rare thing sometimes like uh i remember when we first started out amy polar might have said this like your funniest person your funniest friend who gets famous will never be as funny as they are to you yes. in life on TV. And it's one of those rare exceptions where right out of the gate, you're like, this person is doing exactly and it really everything is, I love them. It, about. I will say like, and you know, Pally's great everywhere. Gabris so great. And I, but I do feel like hasn't been given the opportunity to, to like slam yep. dunk how funny we know John Gabris to be. And this show Gabris is next level funny like in every episode and is and is also so revealing and so revelatory and so honest and so sincere and so sweet. And that's what's great about the show is it's not just them doing bits and cracking each other up. It's also them being like sensitive bros. It's also them being sweet to each other, them being sweet to their families, but then also like going and partying so hard and doing absolute nonsense. Well, we talked about this a little bit on the Twitch show with the two of them. You know, the reason why they did that show was because, you know, they've both had these tragic losses of parents yeah. uh, that died very young. And yeah. it's sort of like, well, let's let's do this. Let's let's go out and enjoy this time that we have while we have it. And you don't know when the end will be. And that is I, I love that mentality. I think oh, that yeah. we sometimes forget that. And that's what it feels like. And it feels like that they are you know, you're also watching them kind of just live inside of their their friendship. Which yeah. is also very compelling to watch. Um, I want to call out uh, just two quick things. Uh, if you got kids and you want to watch a good Halloween thing, we watched Gremlins with oh. my six-year-old and my eight-year-old, and let me tell you, that thing was a like a like a I smash bet. hit, uh, a smash smash hit. I loved it. They went bananas for it. All you have to do, uh, parents, is fast forward the two moments where Phoebe Cates talks a lot uh, because there one is about uh, 
her father dying tragically dressed as Santa Claus on Christmas. Don't want kids to hear that. And then there's another uh, section where Phoebe Cates talks about why people commit suicide during the holidays. So there are two... Two monologues that you want to like, and you'll tell. Like the movie is going to a moment where it's like, oh, Zach Gilligan and and uh, and Phoebe Cates are taking a walk. Let's let's fast forward this. Wow, so the, the kids don't mind it. They don't feel like they're missing anything. The violence is cartoony. It's really really fun. And then I wanted to recommend something that I think that you would like because I know that we both enjoy uh, uh, we both enjoy uh, books on tape uh, and things of like that. Uh, Doug Bradley, who's known for playing uh, 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 Pinhead from Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Um, has this thing that you can get on Audible. It's called Doug Bradley's Spine Chillers Audiobooks. Okay. And it's him reading spooky stories. Uh, you know, and they're all like, you know, the cla- like, you know, from Dickens and Lovecraft. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh William Burroughs, I believe, even like they're just like spooky. So he just hollow- chooses stories to read. Yes. Okay. And they are uh they are really well done. Oh, and uh, yeah, they're really, really fun. And again, like I said, it's, you know, holiday time. You want to like get in the mood here. Spooky story told in a really well, in a, in a spooky way. Doug Bradley's, uh, they are, I'll read it one more time to make sure I get the title right. That's they great. are, uh, yeah, Spine Chillers. And there's, I think, a handful of volumes. I just got volume one and I'm enjoying it. I love that. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw out, if people are enjoying Andor. Like the oh, yeah. the the seedy dark you know side of the Star Wars universe you know assassinations spycraft all that stuff which I'm loving, I'm also listening to a fantastic audiobook that is called Dark Disciple, which is Ooh. which began as episode what was going to be episodes of Clone Wars that focus on a plot that the Jedi put into effect where they have Quinlan Voss who's one of the Jedi oh, yeah. knights team up with Asajj Ventress who is Count Dooku's ex-Sith apprentice. So it's a Jedi and an ex-Sith apprentice team up to assassinate Count Dooku. And it's awesome. Whoa, I got to get that. It's a great book. Ooh, I got to get that. You know what? I was thinking of you today because I was cleaning out my garage and uh, I stumbled across my uh, Prince uh, Zizor or Zizor character. I don't know if you know about this. I don't know. uh, He was a Star Star Wars character, but I think he was before they really kind of... Uh uh, I don't know if he's canon. Let me find. He is um Shadows of the Empire can now rejoice that one of its major characters, Prince Sizor, is oh, returning wow. to the Star Wars Ken uh canon in Legends. Uh he is the uh the leader of the crime syndicate called the Black Sun. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I know what the yeah. Black Sun is. Okay, that's yes. cool. Yeah, so that uh, uh, you know, so in Crimson Reign, he returns. But uh yeah, this Ooh, is like I was cool. like I was excited to see that character. I liked that character from back in the day. I've um, also been loving you and everybody else, Tawny and Jack and everybody on Lower Decks. Like, absolutely well, fantastic gotta, season gotta, of Lower Decks. I got to throw it back at you because your show, uh, Prodigy, is we were, both of these shows were shouted out as being the two best Star Trek shows on the air by the New York Times. Really? There's a great uh, great article about oh, like, I Star didn't Trek. See it. It's like Star Trek is back. And it's back only with these two shows. I mean, it's a little bit, and this is what I was talking to somebody about. It's a little bit of a slight to the Star Trek universe because it's like, well, yeah, I there's say, a lot I of loved, things that aren't working. Yeah. But these two are really working. Yeah. And well, they should get you excited about what's going they're on. They're really good. And I love Prodigy. And I'm, I'm obviously I'm on it. And I think it's incredible, fun adventure storytelling. But Lower Decks is a blast. It, it makes me laugh. And I don't, I know so little of the mythology that they are referencing and playing with, but I'm still having such a blast. The, to me, I'm a huge Deep Space Nine fan. And so yeah. when they got to go to Deep Space sure. Nine, I'm like, oh, I love it, love it, love it. Oh, it's that's so great. good. Um, all right. Well, Jason, uh, we will uh, we'll talk again on Just Chat. Uh, Can't <laughs> and, wait. Just Chat. All right. Just Chat. Thank you, Jason. Look, I love having Jason on the show. We're going to do it more. Okay. We're going to have more Quar Chat. We're going to make it. A little bit different. By the way, it's not even Quar Chat anymore. It's just chat. So we actually need some new songs. You can send those songs for just chat to how did this get made at earwolf.com. And uh, remember, keep them on the short side. But uh, from here on in, Jason and I, our just chat is going to be a little bit more segmented. So what do you want to hear us talk about? Bags, TV, movies, Star Wars, you name it, we'll do it. And you'll see more of that in the upcoming weeks. But now that we got that out of the way, Wish Upon is gone. Let's talk about next week's film. This film is a film that you all picked. You voted for it on Discord. It won by a mile. We are going to go away from a movie starring a king, a.k.a. Joey King, to a film starring a butler. 
That's right. Next week, we are watching the first ever movie picked by the fans on our Discord, Dracula 2000, featuring, how did this get made? All-star Gerard Butler. Wait, what? I didn't know Gerard Butler was in this. Oh, damn. I'm excited. Uh, Here is a short breakdown of the plot. In the year 2000, (laughs) a group of thieves break into a vault and accidentally free and imprison Count Dracula, who's been trapped long ago by his nemesis, Van Helsing. Now Dracula escapes to New Orleans to hunt Van Helsing's daughter, Mary, but Van Helsing sets out to imprison him once again. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes rates this film a 17% on the tomato meter. And Peter Stack from the San Francisco Chronicle says this movie is a bloody mess. One with acting so lame, it's likely to prompt shrieks, not of horror, but of derisive laughter. Let's take a listen to the trailer. For centuries, a secret has been buried beneath the streets of London. You don't build this kind of security without a gold mine to hide. Something ageless. What the hell is that? Something beyond your deepest fears. What has happened in there? He's Francesco. Who? Draculia. Not Miss Israel. I assure you. You can watch Dracula 2000 on Paramount Plus and AMC Plus. Also, FUBU TV. FUBU. Oh, boy. How many of these fucking streamers are there? Uh, You can also rent it on Apple TV, thank God, Amazon, or YouTube. Please check out Hoopla or Canopy, which are digital media services offered by your local public library that allow you to borrow movies, books, audiobooks, ebooks, comics, and TV shows, and more, all on your computer, tablet, or phone for free. That is it. Uh, Please remember to rate and review the show. It helps. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you are following us. That is big. And you can always visit us on social media. Make sure you come out and see us on tour. Just go to hdtgm.com to find out the movies and days that we are on the road. And a big thank you to our producer, Scott Sani, Molly Reynolds, and our movie picking producer, Avril Halley, our engineer, Devin Bryant, and our publisher, July Diaz. We will see you next week for Dracula 2000. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.